0: well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Talk Sheen. Recorded live.
4: In Syria, were radicalized on social media. So is it a positive or negative influence on religion? Has it the power to transform the traditional view Of what it means to be a practicing Christian or Muslim. Join me to discuss whether religion and social media are compatible are Michael O'Loughlin who's an independent journalist working out of Chicago and the author of The Tweetable Pope. Dr. Bex Lewis is a Christian who trains people in social media and is the author of Raising Children in a Digital Age and Shalina Jan-Muhammad is a Muslim writer and blogger. So Michael, are religion and social media compatible?
2: Well,
0: Ernie, the the short answer is uh, religion really has no choice. Uh, The world is soaked in social media. It's where we all are. So if religion wants to stay relevant, it really has to get out into social media and the digital world. Thanks.
5: Yeah, I'd agree with that. And also, um, I think it's a very individual space. So it's a global space, an individual space. So it's a great space for building
6: relationships and interactive conversation, which is how Christianity should be. Shalina? It's a medium through which to spread a message and to build ideas, but also to assert a community. And of course, Islam has the idea of the global Muslim nation, and that has really been emphasised since the rise of social media.
4: Now, I know that a large proportion of people use social media, but there are still some who don't. I, know, I want a sense of how it works. So Michael, the Pope uses it, so I, I guess it must be all right.
0: Yeah, uh, so Pope Francis uses it to uh, connect with his followers around the world, uh, to inspire them, to challenge them, to remind them of uh, the teachings of Jesus. He uses it not to build his own brand, but to point to the gospel that he preaches. So it, it's a way for him to kind of uh, preach in very short uh, homilies that you know, are far shorter than we hear in church, but still something that will stick with many people throughout the day.
4: And would you rate it a success?
0: I would. Uh, By one measure, he's been called the most uh, influential global leader on Twitter three years in a row. Uh, He tweets in nine languages. He has uh, close to 30 million followers. And uh, his tweets are people respond to them. They engage with them. Uh, So a single tweet the Vatican estimates can reach upwards of 100 million people. Can you give me one example of a tweet which reached a big audience and had a strong reaction? Sure. Uh, So back in April of 2014, the world was kind of having this intense conversation about income inequality. So Pope Francis, perhaps sensing that this was an issue important to his flock, sent a tweet that simply said, inequality is the root of social evil. A very short tweet, a very piercing tweet, something that cut through all the noise. And something that stuck out to me was that Pope Francis clearly showed that he knew what uh, his followers were talking about, and that tweet was retweeted uh, you know, countless times by his followers. The media picked up on it. It became kind of one of those defining moments of the Pope Francis papacy where he kind of put himself on the side of the poor and the disadvantaged in a very uh, clear way. Shalina, can you give me a Muslim example?
6: Actually, I'm going to take advantage of it and give you two. One was a lovely incident done through Snapchat, which sometimes runs stories of photos stitched together from a particular city. And last year in Mecca during Ramadan, they actually opened that up for people to tweet photos from Makkah. And there were millions of people there tweeting photos. And it was a beautiful insight from a place that actually people rarely see in a public discourse and for Muslims it was a wonderful opportunity to share an experience that otherwise remains within the global Muslim nation and actually for people who are not Muslim it was a great chance to see something that they would never otherwise experience from a first-hand view sort of standing on the ground. But the other thing that social media has really allowed young Muslims to do is kind of bypass gatekeepers and actually talk about the experience of what it is living as a young Muslim. So we see these lovely, satirical, humorous campaigns with hashtags like Muslim apologies, you know, all the things that Muslims are blamed for, but actually all the fantastic things they've done, you know, traditionally submissive. What is it really like to be a Muslim woman? So there's a really strong sense of humor and satire coming out from young Muslims who are asserting their identity in a way that we haven't seen before.
4: Bex, give me one example of a successful religious or use of social media?
6: Yeah, I'm thinking of a couple within the
5: Church of England, kind of two different ends. And one is the Church of England set up the RC of E account um, just for a year originally, which was to get voices from people from across the Church of England, whether it was the flower ranger, the person in the pew, the vicar, and get a sense of what a, a real week looked like for that person. And it's so successful it's gone into the second year. And then the other, I think, is um, if we look at the Archbishop of Canterbury and the recent revelations about his family history, he came out with a tweet which was connected to his blog, which told his story.
4: This was the fact that his father, who he thought was his father, was not his father.
5: Yes, and I think being able to respond in real time, online, with a personal story really gave a chance, and almost that story disappeared almost immediately.
4: I want to move on to the issue of religious celebrities, because there has been a religious celebrification, uh, celebrities emerging out of social media, and the United States in particular, because the long history of this sort of thing with the televangelists in the 1980s.
0: Yeah, it's true. I I think there's a temptation there to use it to build one's own brand, to kind of increase your own celebrity, your following, uh, perhaps your wealth through it. The televangelists certainly uh, took advantage of people's, you know, insecurity and fear and raised a lot of money for their own personal wealth. And I think there is that temptation to use social media in a similar way. Thanks.
5: A lot of my friends on social media who have built a bit of a profile will say, can you please keep me to account and please make sure that that this is always about God and not about anything else.
4: Shalene, I was quite startled to to read that there are celebrity preachers in Saudi Arabia, uh, one of whom in particular is called, I think, the Brad Pitt of Muslim preachers.
6: Well, there's a lovely phenomenon that's been described as the rock star imam. And it points to a really deep tension, which is on the one hand, you can use social media as a force for good if you are that kind of celebrity preacher, because your message can get out to so many millions of people. But of course, in any religion, there is an underlying drive towards humility. And I think it's really difficult, both for the preachers and for the followers to find the correct balance between the two, because it's great to go and listen to or follow the tweets of somebody who you find inspiring. But where is the line between that and wanting to go to a talk of somebody you followed on social media and snap a selfie and then tweet that? Or, you know, get your video as a preacher out there and then see it have millions and millions of shares. And I think that tension actually still needs to be thoroughly resolved when it comes to social media.
4: Is there money to be made out of it? Because I'm always suspicious when
0: religion and money making join together. There certainly is money to be made here. What I think is interesting is some uh, religious leaders today, they don't think that's a shameful thing. They use social media to say you too can kind of live your best life now, as it were. So There is still this worry or uh, tension for some people that there is a lot of money uh, being exchanged in religious circles. Shalim?
6: We've seen the growth of a young Muslim identity, young Muslims around the world who really feel that they are proud of their faith but also want to be part of modern society. And the way that they're using social media to do this is, for example, through Instagram and the growth of things like Muslim fashion, setting up businesses that promote themselves through social media, Twitter, Facebook through their own blogs and so on, and they are able to sell products to an audience which is much vaster than otherwise a local shop would have had. And what that allows them to do is assert a kind of Muslim cultural look and feel, something that is built around value. And if they're making money from that, they see that as a good thing because they can show that there is a growth in faith a shared identity, but also this aspiration to be successful is also fulfilled.
4: One of the claims that has been made about social media is that it raises social awareness, makes the contributors more aware of the social issues that are in our society today.
0: Michael, is there any evidence for that? Yeah, it's a good question, right? I think of uh, the hashtag bring back our girls about the girls in Nigeria who were kidnapped. On the one hand, it raises awareness about the issue, right? It reaches a lot of people. It lets them know what's going on. On the other hand, critics say it, it, it's slacktivism. It's kind of taking to your keyboard, typing out a quick message, and then you think you did your part and you're done. But there has to be this follow-up step. Otherwise, what are you really doing except kind of showing that you care and kind of almost bragging about the level of awareness you have?
5: Thanks. Yeah, if you look at things, I mean, Pray for Me, was the really big one that happened back in the beginning with the footballer. He had a heart attack on the pitch, and people started tweeting, pray for more and and this was a lot of people that probably, if you talked to them face-to-face, would say they didn't necessarily believe in praying. So it's led to a lot of discussion about what is prayer. The Christian church and other religious organisations have been able to go online and say what they think prayer is and what they think it achieves. And we particularly saw, I think, last year with the, uh, the bombings in France and then in Belgium this year. Again, that was trending, and people... I think people are hungry for something, and that Twitter and Facebook, which is a space that they're in all the time, is a space where they can really think about that.
0: Yeah, you know, here in the United States, um, you know, we have this phenomenon of mass shootings, uh, a lot of violence, gun violence here, and it seems there's a script now. After every shooting, there's a big social media outpouring of prayers. And uh, recently, a debate. there was a debate about, are prayers enough? Uh, maybe we need action on gun control more laws to keep guns out of the hands of criminals and it was this really fascinating debate where even people of faith were saying prayers aren't enough no more of this social media prayer campaign we need to do something about it so there's a growing chorus of voices saying we need to do more than pray prayer needs to lead to action Chilino.
6: For me, in Britain, it's really interesting, the idea that we've had all these hashtags and social media campaigns around prayer, because in the real world, we wouldn't dream of asking the people around us to pray. I mean, we've outlawed them from council meetings. I mean, can you imagine if a prime minister said, you know, let's all sit and pray together before parliament starts? We just don't do that here. And yet, after Paris and other incidents like that, it's very common to ask for people to pray. So... For me, there's a question though, Are we able to be more explicitly religious in social media than we are in the real world?
4: And how do you answer that?
6: For Muslims, I think certainly there is a way to explore your identity in a more free and easy way that is much less judgmental than perhaps you might get in those little social communities. And I think for young people and women, that has been a real opportunity. The challenge, of course, is that Islam, like many other religions, is really about physical congregation, about physical ritual and getting together and feeling that energy with other people. That's why the mosque has always been so central. And when you start to take that away into social media, I don't think there's really been a resolution of how those two can interact in a really successful way yet.
4: I want to take a moment or two to discuss the phenomenon known as religious trolling. And Michael, I'd be very grateful, first of all, if you would define what we mean by trolling on social media.
0: Sure. Uh, Trolling, I mean, there's a lot of definitions. I would say it's just people who kind of find some sort of joy or pleasure in kind of bullying uh, others online, whether it's tearing apart their argument or offering some sort of crass insult. So in religion, it's no different. I always kind of joke around that, Twitter is a great place to, to know the minds of Pope Francis, but keep your kids away from the replies because they're awful. They're vulgar. Thanks.
5: I've been talking to a colleague of mine, David Giles, who's been working with the Salvation Army and collecting surveys from people from across different religions about their experience online. And one of his questions is about trolling. And he said, what is quite interesting is most of the trolling isn't interreligion. It's interdenominational about the final points of theology and they're not being, particularly nice about it so i when i'm training people i will often talk to them about the fruits of the spirit love joy peace and what do they look like when you put that in an online context and actually how much of what we share is very ungraceful and unloving and too concerned with being right rather than about actually engaging with a grown-up intelligent graceful discussion
4: well let me remind you that you're listening to beyond belief and today we're discussing religion and social media Can Twitter and Facebook deepen your faith? Is social media the way to engage the younger generation? And does it have the power to challenge and reform religion? And with me are Shalina jan Mohammed, Michael O'Loughlin and Bex Lewis. Chris Juby is the Director of Worship at King's Church Durham. But his chief claim to fame is that he's tweeted the Bible, every single chapter summarised in the 140 characters which Twitter allows for each tweet. I asked him where he got the idea from.
2: In the first place, I was looking for a way to focus my own Bible reading. I thought writing short summaries of the chapters that I was reading would be a good way to do that. And I was already quite an enthusiastic Twitter user, so I kind of put the two together and thought, why not try and write within the 140-character limit and post them on Twitter? Quite a challenge, because as I
4: understand it, it was one tweet per chapter, one chapter a day. Give me an example of one verse
2: that you were particularly proud of. So Genesis 1, the first chapter... God created the heavens, the earth, and everything that lives. He made humankind in His image and gave them charge over the earth.
4: Did you miss one day because it must have taken quite a long time
2: uh, yeah it was uh, it probably took about half an hour every day i didn 't miss a single day actually for the whole three and a half years
4: one thousand two hundred days. It must have taken a weird entire life
2: <laughs> It did feel like that at points yeah we had to um, During the course of the project, uh, my wife and I had two children, actually, and uh, I was uh, even tweeting from the maternity ward uh, on both of those occasions. Birthdays, wedding anniversaries, you name it. What was the response
4: to your tweets?
2: Well, it was incredible. Initially, I was uh, expecting that it would be something that perhaps my friends, my church community would uh, take an interest in, but uh, it got in the local paper after just a week, and then uh, it snowballed, and I was interviewed live on television in the States and, and all kinds of different things. So and I ended up with um, tens of thousands of followers, 30,000 at the end of the project, and people from all over the world uh, following along and saying how interested they were in actually finding out what's in Scripture. So it was unbelievable, just a massive diversity of, uh, of response. That's very positive. Was there any negative response? A lot less than I was kind of braced for when it became uh, popular. A few people kind of expressing concerns that, uh, in summarizing the Bible, you know, was I changing the message or was I taking away from Scripture? That was probably the most negative response. And then a few people who couldn't see what the point was at all and, and weren't interested at all in Scripture and thought it was, you know, a silly project. Do you think that it's being simplistic, that it's a
4: bit bible light? you know, it's an easy way to access the Bible? It involves the hard struggle that's very often involved in understanding what the Scripture says.
2: Yeah, it can be that. I definitely think, you know, you do see a lot of people just tweeting or posting and then reposting, you know, the few favorite scriptures, you know, the famous ones. There can be a risk that you don't engage with the harder things or the the harder work of reading all the way through scripture, which is part of the reason why I started the Bible Summary Project, actually, because I I wanted to kind of, I guess, challenge the Twitter sphere with, you know, that the Bible is not just, uh, you know, these kind of couple of dozen sort of pithy sayings that people like to post, but uh, but actually there's a you know there's there's this enormous story and and so much detail and and I was kind of curious to see how people would respond to the whole thing. Do you think that that sort of compensated for the
4: slightly superficial way you covered each chapter?
2: I think you know obviously not everybody is going to engage with it in that way. To some degree, you are just kind of posting things out and they you know off they go into the ether. But uh, but there definitely were a kind of a core of people that followed along for the, for the whole of Scripture. And uh, I really think just that experience of kind of journeying together through the whole Bible uh, is is genuinely life-changing. It was for me, and I've you know heard from others that, that that kind of experience of reading all the way through Scripture and doing that for Sunday in conversation through Bible summary has been profound.
4: That was Chris Juby And, Bex, I know you're aware of Chris's project. In fact, I think
5: you've accessed it. Yes, I do. I think it's a great way. um, I mean, I first got into working on online Bible stuff when it was the 400th anniversary of the King James, and the whole point of the King James Bible was it was written to be in a relevant language for the people that day. And so anything that is a relevant language, a way in for people,
6: and Twitter's a way in for
5: a lot of people.
4: Could you do it for the Muslim world, Shalina?
6: People have tried to tweet the Quran. Um, I don't know if They've done it in the entirety, but certainly it's during periods like Ramadan, people will start tweeting verses out. So I think it's a great idea, and I think it is very accessible, and it does introduce ideas to people who can then go away and research them in more detail if, if they appeal.
0: Michael? Twitter has to be seen, social media has to be seen as an invitation to go deeper into something. Uh, it, it's very unlikely that uh, you could have totally fulfilling religious experience just based on social media, but it certainly can uh, introduce you to new ways of prayer, uh, in, into new uh, religious communities you might want to be a part of. Uh, it can even point you to to churches you want to attend. You know, here we even have churches being reviewed on things like Yelp and TripAdvisor. It's a, it's a whole new world uh, for religious leaders. They have to really understand how social media works and then be willing to be part of it. And Something like tweeting the Bible is, is a great way to kind of evangelize without being uh, perhaps too in your face. It's a way to invite people into a deeper conversation, and obviously uh, it, was, it was effective.
7: How would you
4: deal with the simplification issue that I asked Chris about, Michael? You know, that this, this is Bible light, this is an easy way into the Bible, and it doesn't demand any of the sort of intellectual struggle
0: that most people have to undergo. Yeah, you know, that's a, a, a common critique of uh, social media in general, but Twitter in particular, that, you know, 140 characters, you can't go too deep. It's good for things like, you know, celebrity updates, here's what I had for lunch, that sort of thing. Uh, and so I anticipated that when I was writing the book. And uh, so what I did was I went to the Gospels, and I looked at some of Jesus's better known sayings, and I counted up the characters. And it it turns out that uh, some of the most well-known repeated uh, sayings of Jesus are well below 140 characters. So... If Twitter's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. Thanks.
5: Well, there's that classic saying, isn't it? If I had longer, I would make it shorter. And it's something I spend a lot of time trying to encourage my students at the university to um, engage with is actually, you know, you have all these word limits and you have shorter spaces and you're only allowed two and a half minutes to make this video because you need to get your point across in the shortest amount of time possible and as effectively as possible.
4: Shalina, it brings me back to something that you mentioned briefly in the first half of the program, about the possibility of social media replacing church and mosque because you could sort of see how that could happen. If somebody gets very engaged in this world in social media, they'd say, I don't have to go to the mosque.
6: There are pros and cons to it. So on the one hand, people who might not necessarily go to a place of worship, they may be able to access religion and its teachings and its sense of community via social media. And that, therefore, is a plus for the overall practice of the faith. But on the other hand, for Islam in particular, The physical presence and the physical ritual, of which there are many, are really, really central to the experience of being Muslim. You have to pray physically. You have to fast physically. The congregational prayer has to be done in person with other people because there is an idea that the physical action affects your spirituality. So social media can do a number of things really well. So it can introduce you to theology, although I don't think it can really help with those subtleties and that exploration that is really required, that struggle that we were talking about earlier. But where I think it can really help is to provide that sense of belonging and community and social experience. And certainly for young people who are trying to become more faithful, knowing that there are other people on that journey, knowing where they can locate them, that there are shared struggles, I think that is really where social media has accelerated the practice of faith and the open expression of it.
0: Michael, one of the more interesting ways that Pope Francis uses uh, social media is, on the one hand, he's called the Internet a gift from God, but on the other hand, he uh, pretty regularly asks us to kind of look up from our ipads look up from our computer screens and engage with one another so it's not uncommon you know to kind of enter a zombie-like trance just scrolling 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 through our twitter feeds and then maybe come across a tweet from the pope saying you know what get outside go engage with your community that makes i see you not shaking your head yeah
5: no i don't think it's either or or and i think that's part of when you start talking about a real world and a virtual world you start differentiating things and um Tim Hutchins, who was doing some research when I was at Durham, was um, having a look at online communities. His PhD was on that, and his findings were that actually, if you looked at the people who were engaging, typically the people who were engaging online were quite often those who were engaging even more offline, and actually it was adding an everyday vibrance because rather than seeing someone once or twice a week physically, You were connecting 24-7 throughout the week. I I was
4: talking to a a colleague this morning about this whole phenomenon. He he told me something very interesting. He says that within his church, there are people tweeting during the service. He sees them with their phone. He says the big difficulty is that he's not sure whether they're using the phone to access the Bible or a prayer book or whether they're tweeting. But he knows of some who will be tweeting their friends and saying, look, this preacher's rubbish. You know, you don't want to come to hear him.
5: I was going to say I do that, but not that last bit. I do tweet. from sermons quite a lot and i've talked to preachers afterwards and they said it's quite interesting to see what landed and it helps inform them in their thinking of future sermons but the main reason i started doing it was because i took notes and i kept forgetting my notebook but i always had my phone and i tweet a lot and i do not have to overthink what i'm doing and then sometimes people feed things back to me it grows the conversation and makes the church a less scary place for people who've never set foot in the door michael
0: Yeah, you know, I guess uh, there's different uh, styles of religious worship, and some are probably more conducive to a more interactive experience, whereas others, uh, yeah, you probably would feel a bit uncomfortable pulling out your phone and sending some tweets. For me, uh, for some people I've I've spoken with, usually religious worship is a chance to kind of unplug a bit. We're so connected, you know, throughout the course of our workday, even uh, in the evening. There certainly is, I think, room uh, for some people to use technology in religious worship, and I think others prefer Something, uh, a more traditional way of kind of just uh, being present, uh, a bit more silence into our busy lives.
4: Shalina, could you imagine a situation in which you were tweeting during prayer time at the mosque?
6: The physical prayer, you cannot actually do anything other than engage in prayer. It actually breaks your ritual. So within that particular time and space, you absolutely could not be engaging in anything at all. So it really comes down to the question of, you know, what do we mean today by sacred space? do we need to protect that or actually are we going to start to move outside of the particular rituals to more of an interactive space and i think in mosques in the way that i've experienced them if you're going to kind of quite an open relaxed lecture you might find people tweeting or you know taking photos or taking notes on their phones but if you were going to a congregational prayer you would probably get some pretty stern looks if you were tweeting
4: We've touched on the issue of whether social media have the power to reform religion. But I just wonder, given the possibilities and the fact that we all know that the loudest voice is very often the one that is most commonly heard, some of the dangers, and particularly the dangers of groups like ISIS, Shilling, and their use of social media.
6: When young people go out into the internet, you know, it's a sort of unknown world and they're bombarded with different ideas, it can be very difficult to know how to discern what are the good voices from the not so good voices and often it's the loud voices that really overpower all the other discussions and one of the challenges around social media is when you have something that's produced in high quality that seems to suggest that it is better it is more good when that isn't necessarily true
1: and
4: how do you deal with that is there any way you can deal with that
6: I think that's one of the big challenges of the internet, isn't it? That on the one hand, we've got a democratization of access, a democratization of knowledge. Everybody can go out there and all the gatekeepers that once held the idea of what is true religion can be dismantled. But on the other hand, you do need a certain amount of training to be able to discern what is rooted in true theology, rooted in true scripture, versus those perhaps have kind of created an idea which serves their own political ends. And, and there isn't an easy answer to that. I don't think mosques has always been as fast to catch up but those young people who are attending mosque are actually driving them further to do that i want to
4: ask each one of your final question as we draw this program to a close do you think that social media is
0: going to change the face of religion michael i think it already has i think it's compelled religious leaders to get out there and uh, not be afraid to proclaim their message in a new way it's uh it's simply another tool for Uh, religion to kind of spread its message and and reach people who might otherwise kind of not be willing to step foot inside a traditional worship space.
5: Thanks. I'm a little wary about the notion of a digital revolution although uh, you know I've given lectures about whether it's as revolutionary as the print revolution but I definitely think it's changing and I definitely argue that to be relevant we have to be in that space. Shalina?
6: Like any technology it's brought both opportunities and challenges. So, on the one hand, it's created spaces for people who might not otherwise engage. It's really asserted the idea of the Muslim Ummah around the world. It's created this new shared identity of being faithful and modern. But on the other hand, we have some tensions that need to be resolved. Can you ever convey the depth and transcendental ideas of faith within the small parameters? What happens to the physical congregation? And what about these kind of new behaviors that really focus around narcissism and celebrity that really are starting to create new challenges for people using it? So I think there's still a path to be worked out between these two.
4: Well, there we must leave it. My thanks to Bex Lewis, Shalina jan Mohammed and Michael Lachlan. I'll be back at the same time next week when we'll be discussing Original Sin.
3: All right.
7: Tonight. Tell everybody if I could, cause I know I'm going to be so good. Yeah, I'm gonna your name on time. your presence I cannot deny. Tell everybody if I could, cause I know I'm going to be so good. Been, now ever since the day you claimed me, I haven't been the same.
1: morning.
3: Good
1: morning. God bless you. I've been calling every day. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's a blessing.
8: Yes, Lord. I was on mute there. God bless you all.
9: Good morning. How
8: are you this morning?
9: I'm great. Thank you.
8: Yes. Hallelujah. Well, you know, uh, Family First Production, we don't ever stop praying. So one thing about it, I know that all of us, and then some, are covered. Ain't that a good thing? Yes. That's a blessing. Amen. It is a blessing to me to come before uh, these people every day. You know, uh, my uh, my last testimony is that of uh, a young man. I went to a federal reunion. Now, mind me, we had a federal reunion. It's called St. John's Worth. And uh, this federal reunion uh, has been going on for 120 years. And you can look out on the land and see the old barbecue pits that they built out of uh, bricks, still stretched out and they cook on them. One of them was about six foot long, and then they got a great big one. Looked like they put on every cow in the field. (laughs) But we, uh, we didn't make it to that one, I guess, because the Lord, he he wanted to, he wanted to get his backslider back. And uh, I went to another one with another fella, and uh, the fella was telling me, now now look, you can't preach to these people. These people are straight up drunks. You know, and, 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 uh, you know, I'm telling you, man, not, 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 I don't preach to him. And I said, man, I done been all over the world and not said a word, not said a word to folks and they still got delivered. <laughs> so we rocked on. And after we got there and he got me acquainted with the peoples and everything, uh, I grabbed me a chair and, uh, and I sit you know, about forty foot from the gate. And then finally, he, you know, I didn't want to go over there to the domino table because I don't play dominoes and stuff. You know, I, I guess I just never learned how to play them. I'd probably play them if, uh, uh, if I could learn. But I just never learned, and I never learned all those different games that they played. So uh, he said, well, man, I'm going to go back over here. I said, well, I'm going to go over there. So I went and I put my chair over here, and while I sit, I sat about five feet from a backslidden preacher. And the backslidden preacher, uh, oh, they had given us, this is a nice game for for everybody to play, <laughs> get you some uh, um, clothes pins. And they had red, yellow, pink, you know, green, you know, blue clothes pins. And they pinned this clothes pin on everybody that comes. You wouldn't guess what they pinned it on you for. It's a game. It's a game. You wouldn't guess the reason they pinned it on you. Somebody called me early this morning. Oh, don't be nobody. They pinned it on you because whoever would curse lose their pin. I thought it would be like whoever didn't curse. I mean whoever would curse it or something, you know, but I, I wouldn't think that that's that was the reason they was putting it on. But anyhow, they said we're putting it on you because uh um uh, if you curse we're gonna take it from you. And boy, you know, little sisters they hung right around they hung right around the domino table. But anyhow, this guy, this guy, this this this,
3: this lady that's called me, she my sister, how are you? I don't hear you. Just and, and, and. Well, you have to catch me online. No, you
8: have to catch me at 724-319-527-9020. You have to call into my line. Uh, Three five seven. You make me forget my number. 319-527-9020, three, three, Access code eleven eleven thirty four nineteen eleven thirty four nineteen. Gotta go. Gotta go. Got to go back and do the large wheel. That's one of the sisters out of a uh, uh, Ghana. Out of Ghana. Maybe they need prayer this morning over in Ghana. What y'all think? Hallelujah. But anyhow, to make a long story short, the brother, uh, when it was all said and done, the brother was, uh, uh, he was godly sorrow. You know, he, he was in sorrow because he had started, uh, I said something about those pins. I said, boy, I said, you sit around here and get all the pins you want. I said, well, I know I'm not going to get anyone's pin, you know. And those girls had, and they was giving trophies. For whoever won the domino and uh uh and whoever would uh 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 would wind up with the most pins the most pins was somebody had eleven and somebody had eight well, he did get some nice trophies and stuff like that. this guy he come back to the lord he uh he had had so many things that happened to him uh he had nearly lost his life. But one day i'm going to leave the testimony because he's coming i i i i i don't I haven't told his testimony because I know he's going to come to the line, and every day I try and interact and send him a text or or something to talk with him on the phone and encourage him because you never know what could cause you to backslide. There are some things can hit you side your head so hard until not only will you backslide you front frontslide. But I give God the glory this morning for family, friends, production. It's a place I want to be every morning because if it wasn't for this program that we're doing, then I'd be asleep. Not that I'd be living in sin. I'd just be asleep. But I thank the Lord that he gave me an opportunity to do to be doing God's program uh, here. And uh, we've been doing programs. I and uh, uh, our producer, we started these things here about several years ago, nine years ago, and uh, we met up. And ever since then, we've been doing just what we're doing right now. And so I admonish you, I admonish you, wherever you're at that are listening this morning, the Lord will leave the 99 and come after the 1. And that's what he did. Okay, we're going to uh, uh, pray prayers out uh, and come into uh, our after party. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you, God, for the man of God, Dr. Freddie Wilson, back off his vacation. And I know he's trying to get rid of his jet lag and all the lags that attach itself to you. And we thank the Lord for our producer, Robin Lee and Freddie, the shark, and all the rest of the game that, amen, God has placed here in our life, praying for us, and I thank you all for all of your prayers. Your prayers are much needed. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're getting ready to do today as I will pray. And we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Good morning. Good morning, family and friends. Good morning. (laughs) Hallelujah. <laughs> I gotta make fun of our producer <laughs> our to our producer to tell on her. Our producer had them late at them late night hours. She be out there brawling and squalling. No, <laughs> she don't know how to stop pointing and clicking. She's got so many things. You know, anyone with a million or two million listeners, you know, and not only just listeners, but she interact with over thirty or forty a day. So if you're interacting with 30 or 40 different individuals, with different uh, 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 people, you know, uh, different writers, different uh, producers, different labels, and all of this, this is what she have to do. Her job is not easy. So if you don't hear her in the morning time, just pray. Because I told her, I said, Lord, she going to have to get her, uh, they're going to have to get some clones, you know, but not a clone like her, though. Lord, don't clone nobody like her. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I want to take a second to get the number out for everyone to call in.
8: 319- yes, ma'am. We're live here at
1: 319 I got it. I got it. I got it, Apostle. 319 9020 And the access code is 113419. And you can also on com, We're tuning, we're streaming live on Vibes Live Radio and also on Gospel Music Explosion and also download the app so that you can listen to us everywhere at work, in the car. And if you got one of them new waterproof phones, you can listen to us in the shower too. What? Okay, anyway, also, everyone, in three days, in three days in Valdosta, Georgia, Yes, at the American Legion, two seventy three Records is having their second their second music showcase event. Yes, and they've got a great lineup, a great a whole bunch of people. Um, um, it's going to be performing. Uh, my goodness, um, a, a dime piece, Young Boss, several artists from the label, and there's also opportunity for independent artists to perform for a chance to win. Um great prizes, cash, um, industry opportunities, and more. And so um, go to 273recordsinc.org and get your tickets. It's $10 uh, online, $15 at the door. And if you are an artist and you want to perform, it's not too late to get in there and register. So go to that same site, too, and get all that information there, all right? And then also, stay tuned all weekend long on Vibes Live Radio because the chat line will be open and we're going to have some awesome guests coming in the room. I believe I've got a surprise broadcast. Uh, I think we're going to sneak over and hang out with Tina Hobson of I Am a Superwoman Radio on Friday night because she's got an awesome guest going on, so I'm going to um, go over there and... Sneak up on her. And we're all welcome. And with that, we're just going to move right on into the spiritual afterpartie. Morning. All
3: right.
8: Hallelujah. Amen. Make sure that you all make notes of that so that you can participate. You may not be able to participate in person,
3: but you
8: can participate online. Hallelujah. So the Lord is making ways, making ways, making ways. Anyone have a testimony this morning? Anyone have anything this morning that would glorify the Lord?
3: Your
9: phone is low.
3: Your phone is very low. Say that again. Yes.
9: Yeah, good morning. This is Freddie. I have a testimony.
8: Yes, ma'am. I figured that. Come on, sister.
7: Hallelujah. <laughs> You figured that. <laughs> That's why the Holy Spirit had me to ask. <laughs> <laughs> In the <I>,
9: apostle's house. <laughs> I hadn't been able to get on the line. I've been dialing numbers from, I don't know, I got I got Robin Lynn's number, I got this number, and I've been dialing and calling and dialing and calling every time they say I'm. I called at the wrong time or either that um music come on and I hang up the phone or whatever. But
8: it was sticking you sis. It was it was it God was doing something. He was doing something because we've been right here. we at if it's six six thirty if it's six AM, six thirty, seven AM, we are right here. Yesterday was the only time we did we didn't get in on the three on three one nine five two seven nine zero two zero, we was having technical difficulties, but we were definitely here, and I do apologize we're gonna get after the enemy for that, and uh, we're gonna check and soon the program over with and find out what he was doing to you on the
7: day.
9: <laughs> <laughs> But I had to, what it uh, challenged me to do was to just start speaking God's word myself over my life, and yeah. that's the only thing that I—I I mean, I had to—I had to uh, dig down and just start and 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 pick up where I left off on the line and just start speaking speaking God's word over my own life and speaking over myself and 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 um. What did we call it last time? Uh, we said we would just have to... Uh, it's not I was speaking over our life. It's something else we called it when we was on the line last time. Affirm.
8: Uh, affirmation. Affirmation.
9: Yes. So I had to start... I, I was forced to start affirming and doing affirmations every day, and I did them last night. I do them in the morning. I just started doing affirmations. I called another prayer line, but I just didn't get out of it what I get out of this one. And then so the devil started messing with me and saying different stuff that I shouldn't have been thinking, and I asked for forgiveness for that. Um, I just didn't know what had happened. But anyway, um, I'm just glad to be back on the line. But it did force me to have to step up and just start affirming what I had learned on the line and what I had learned so far about God and, and what we had been talking about. It started coming all back up. And I said, well, I just have to do it myself. But it was all about God. And that's how I got through this fall, because i really been missing being on the line. And uh, that's my that's my testimony.
8: Wow. The Lord knew do you have something to say, Sister Robin Lee?
3: The Lord knew,
8: you know, He know how because you know. You you, you think about it. Here we are. We are created in His image, Genesis one, twenty six. We're created in His image and His likeness, and He wants us to let Him take our hand. He's leading us all the way from birth to the grave and on the midst of him leading us there's have so much distraction that have distracted us and we have let go his hand and so we are running trying to catch up and connect with his hand and in the midst of us trying to connect with the master's hand man is sticking their hand out you know and we and we look at man and we walk with man but we don't take man's hand. And then sooner or later we come to reality. I can do this myself. Let me let me let me let me let me walk back up to him. Because Hebrews four sixteen says, Come boldly to the throne of hallelujah, to the throne of grace. Well I can have me some mercy this morning. Hallelujah. Well I can find some grace, some strength, some help. In time of need, we need to remember that scripture. That That is one scripture that I need to remember. So when the enemy starts trampling me, trying to trample me down, because he ain't going to trample me down, when the enemy starts trampling, trying to make me think that,
3: stupid, this is the problem, and that's the problem. then I need to
8: start thinking about the things that he said, like Jeremiah 29 and 11. I, I know the thoughts he thinks for me. You know, my dear, these are the scriptures that have kept me in the fort. Let me tell you something. When you live in righteousness, family and friends, Sister Freddie, when you're walking in righteousness, I don't care which way your foot going. It could be like slew foot going left and right. I say when you're walking mentally, you know, my actions may be wrong, but I'm doing what I'm doing in righteousness. You know, I could be wrong in my actions, but mentally thinking. You know, we are people that... That, that are doing things to hurt people and saying that it's okay, it's okay. You know, it's like standing on your toe. And know you're standing on my toe, but you're standing on my toe to keep me because we're in a place where I can't blur out, I can't push you down, and you're punishing me, but you're a righteous. I've seen this happen at church before, you know? I mean, standing there, and look like you're taking just step on my foot. I didn't say nothing. I just waited till you took the pressure off or slid my foot out off. You know, because I believe that we all are standing in righteousness. Not everybody is standing with me in righteousness this morning. And so as we go through life and we look for someone to be there for it's times when people uh, uh, have always called upon people for favors, for a word, for, for things. And then they couldn't get in touch with the individual because the Lord the Lord allowed the other individuals to not not be able to be located, not be able to be, in, you know, gotten in contact with, because the Lord wants us to have a relationship with him. So many people are in, in, in ministry. That's all people that are in church. So many people that is in ministry this morning that is carrying the gospel. Don't have a relationship. How sad it is to be in a shepherd's shoes with no relationship. The Bible says that a servant is not going to be any greater than in his master. So unless lesson, I, sister Freddie, family and friends, start doing some of this myself, I'm I'm gonna have to start doing this myself because I can't depend on 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 Apostle Abison and them and, and and them to open up them programs and stuff. They ain't even there. I come there and they ain't even there. Sometime God allow the very one <laughs> and the very place that I'm going to get my strength from. Because he don't want he don't want me to fall in love with a program. He don't want me to fall in love with a you know, with the word. He wants me to fall in love with this word in the book. Now I can be getting this good word from Amen. The ministry, the prayer line everywhere. But then sometime the enemy come in and put me through a test. He won't put you through a test. To say, now, nah, what you gonna do now? Wanna pick on you, Sister Freddie? Wanna pick on my family and friend. What you gonna do now? Well well, I am a child of 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 God. Be like the man standing in line with the child's ticket. He trying to get into an event and he's got a child ticket. And the security guard is checking tickets. And he looked at the man's ticket. He said, well, this is the kid. This is the child's ticket. He said, I am a child of God. And the man let him go. the man (laughs) (laughs) said, hello, Sister (laughs) Freddie. (laughs) y'all
7: (laughs) here?
8: The man said, I am a child of God. (laughs) And so he, he, he went on in because the, he didn't lie. You know, we we are a child of the king. We're not going to get it twisted this morning and start tripping and thinking, well, you know, uh, God expect for me to do it on my own. No, nah, he don't expect for you to do nothing on your own. Ain't no scripture nowhere said for you to do nothing on your own. He said, don't do it without me. But I did read the scripture where he said, don't ask me nothing. For I've given you all things pertaining to life and godliness. That scripture there is saying to us this morning that you don't need to be down here crying and squalling and begging
3: all the time. All you need to do is just speak the word. He said, I've already given you the
8: word. He said, I've showed you how to acquire faith. He said, I've showed you how to walk in my unmerited favor, in my grace. What is that you want to ask me for? He said, you ought to be praying for the sick. You ought to be praying for the sinners. And you're still praying over James, the fourth chapter. He said, what? He said, what's going on with you? He said, where all this stuff comes from? Where all this murder and stuff? Where all this argument and fighting come from? And then he stopped and paused and put a question mark. He asked a question. Isn't, I know, it comes from your members. It comes from our members. That's why the Bible, it tells us we shouldn't hear no evil, speak no evil, see no evil. The Bible said, touch not, how not touch no unclean thing. And he said, and then, then I will receive you into myself. You know, we, 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 we listen to all type of gossip, all type of stuff. People calling on the telephone, just straight up mess. Most of them be our our peers, our our our, 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 our peoples, our, 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 our siblings, our childrens, our, our relatives, our, our our closest friends. Girl, let me tell you what happened yesterday. Yesterday I went down yonder, and what did I see? Go good! they like, well, what do you see? What do you see? Get all interesting. Those juicy eels get the dripping for some junk. <laughs> and they sit there and they listen to that. And they wonder. And these brothers wonder why why they can't get their sermon straight on Sunday because they've been at the preacher's club. Been out at the preacher's club, sitting in the preacher's club. hey Amen. Talking about other preachers and stuff. Uh, the Bible say that we 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 shouldn't we shouldn't do that type of stuff. We shouldn't be hello Reverend Kenneth. My line went out just when I waved at Reverend Kenneth. We shouldn't allow these type of things to come out of our mouth. Uh, everything we do once you came to Him. You set yourself up, and how did you set yourself up? You set yourself up that you've been transformed. Galatians, the third chapter, say, who put some witchcraft on you? Well, why why, why, why are you doing this? Which leads me back to the word this morning. The word of God, we left off. We went through the book of uh, James, from James 1 all the way to the end. And we run it over in First Peter. Peter is not very, very much said different than James. What James was saying, it seemed like to me, the same situation that we had back during all of these times of old. We still got the same problem today. Still got the same problem this morning. What's Let's wrong?
1: Take a, let me take a, a small break and to play a new segment really quick in a song. And then we'll come back and pick right back up and and dig deep in that.
3: I thought I heard our producer.
4: This is the Charisma News on the Charisma Podcast Network. One daily news story well told. I'm Ginny Rose.
0: This is a story of how an everyday encounter can turn into a divine appointment, and in this case, a miraculous healing. Find out more about George's story after this message. How would your world change
5: if you regularly experienced the miraculous?
7: And he rose again, and gave me another chance. Turned water into wine, reached from sea to sea. Saved me, brothers, from the fire, and delivered me. Tell me, who is this man that makes the wind and the waves obey oh, his command? Someday... About
1: to find out some about who he is. Ain't that right, sir?
7: Yes, ma'am.
8: That is so right. Hallelujah. I was trying to get my get my page back up over here. Talking about server not file. See, that's that that's the way that's the way uh uh interruptions come. We blame it on the devil, you know, but you gotta remember, you know, we're dealing with a computer. And man will fail you, family and friends will let you down, institutions are closed down, computers are break down. That's why we got to have a connection. Like Sister Freddie says, she said I just went right on and start doing my own affirmation. <laughs> <laughs> she was ready to say she wasn't finna, she wasn't finna lose now. I owe her, and I appreciate that, and I love the words she said this morning. She said that um, she went to another prayer line, but she just didn't. She said it wasn't the prayer line. they just say she just didn't eat like she ate over here. So I thank God for this place. And I certainly pray that you all are praying for us over here. Because, you know, if the enemy is on the outskirts trying to attack somebody, what do you think about on the in-skirt? You know, you know he, he keeps trying. And since he can't get me, I have to watch my child. You know, I have to watch that 13-year-old. Not that she do anything, but I find things trying to attach yourself to her. You know, it's like it's like Leo the dog. I got the constantly check him for fleas. You can't see him. But you need to turn him over after I done put all that high dollar stuff for fleas. I have to turn Leo over, look all in his hair, look all in his tail, and see if he had any fleas. Yesterday I was out there pruning my garden, my flowers, and I could just see from about a foot from him, I could see something just inching along. And I just bathed him a week ago, and I said, "Uh uh-huh. I'm gonna rid you, get rid of it too. You know, so I mean that's the same way it is with us this morning is that the enemy
3: wants to attack you. Didn't didn't quite couldn't quite see that one
8: sister came at me so quick. Amen. But nevertheless, and when it comes to when it comes to shama it's um, not that that child do anything, but I have to keep her doing the program. I, I prayed. I said, Lord, I said, how do I balance the child? I don't want to take her telephone and and use her phone to to, to make her do right and all that. So you know, I was praying, and and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, make up, make her do the program. She
3: she have her her phone. Uh huh. Yes, yes, yes. And so I I, I prayed about the situation,
8: and uh, the Holy Spirit told me, say, get her to do a program, and for me to be more active with her. You know, for me to be more active with her, doing the thing. You know, you'd be surprised how many things draw these children. Shama went on on that phone some kind of way. You can sing with some of the other singers. And she was singing a song, and she got 34 invitations from other singers to come and sing with them. Now, if they want her to come and sing with them online, can you imagine what they would have with my child? It would be like that 14-year-old that was on, on, on that thing last night where he uh, to put you out there to sing and stuff. She made it. And I'm saying to you this morning that if the enemy can't get you down to none, he'll start on the backside and start trying to work through your family, work with the one, work with something that's close to you, work with your baby, work with anything that you love. It can be your television. You might have a 147-inch a, a television, and it won't come on. You're standing there with the remote, pushing on it, pushing on it. I don't know what's wrong with it. And make you angry And you just hit it And you ruin all of that television When all was wrong is the surge protector was turned off You never know And So we need to turn off the enemy's power supply And how we short circuit the enemy Satan this morning Is we short circuit him Through Prayer Affirmation We have to affirm this morning who we are The enemy know who you are. The Bible says that when Satan fell, he fell amongst men. And when he fell amongst us, the Bible tells us that he went after the children of man. The enemy is out on the ball field this morning, and he's out there with us. And the Father is telling us to come home, run home run the base and come home to the father. But no, we have to stand and look. And we just told you the word of God said, we don't even need to look. You know, I have nothing to say about all the people that was murdered in Orlando, Florida. I'm neutral. Some things you just don't meddle in. First, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 11, say, mind your own business. Okay, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We are here live at Family Production, and we have a word from the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. We're going to go with our opening scripture, praise the Lord. And we've been praying up a storm right here. It's been a great day in the house of the Lord. Uh, Our reading starts in the 61st Psalm, 61st Isaiah
3: 61. It reads as follows. The
8: Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good things, good tidings to the poor. He has sought me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prisons of those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, to gather the gather of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the tree's of righteousness, planning of the Lord that He may be glorified. All through the Word, He's speaking about glorifying His people. Uh, he has let us known in so many verses of Scripture that it's not hard to just totally depend upon Him. It's not hard to say, Lord, well, whatever it is, it is what it is. You know, just walk with me, John the
3: Baptist. Uh, Were you saying anything my sister
8: John the Baptist Was Told that he was going to be banished John the Revelator He was going to be banished off to A lonely island And it wasn't so bad about Being banished It's just that are you going with me You know They can kill me right now if you're not going with me, are you going with me? He said, "Now look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a fleece out here. You know, Lord, I trust you, but, 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 but I, I, I need some encouragement. I need some strength. I need, I need to know uh, is the devil pulling a trick on me, trying to get me out there and I starve to death, or are you gonna be there on the scene?" And the Lord answered John through his fleece. And John said, "I am ready to be banished off." The Lord has promised us in all of our doing, no matter what state you in. And 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 the thing about this thing about the Father being with the Son is, we have a lot of inflow. We have a lot of uh, 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 knowledgeable people that's trying to tell us how to get where we need to be and and, and, and which role to take. I remember Peter telling uh, of the Lord, we don't have to go in that direction. He said, I've got to get to Jerusalem. He said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, and now I'll be portrayed. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know some back alleys, the very one that walked with the Lord and a man that was down to see Judas stealing money at the bag. He said, I know another way. But the Lord said, get thee behind me. Satan, the Lord, rebuke you and get thee behind me. The enemy is vulnerable. Peoples can be vulnerable from an attack of the enemy. Uh, we have had the enemy just jumping up and down, trying to split up uh, this communication, this love program, family production, trying to just tear apart, but God, I'm so grateful this morning to know that he know all the ins and outs. He He knows the reason for you, amen, being in the place you're in, amen. Sometimes he allows us to be in a dry place, but he said that when we thirst and, 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 and when we need water, he's always watered his child. I want you to know this morning that you may feel like you're in the heat of the desert, but don't quit. Don't quit the Lord this morning. Somebody need what you know this morning. Well, I, I can't talk to them people my own life. No, ain't nothing wrong with your life. That's what the devil has been lying to you, telling you your whole life. You're not messed up. I wouldn't care. I was born, amen. My dad had a sign on his arm, an inscription of a woman said, born to lose. So you know, my father wore a tattoo, say born to lose. His son was sure set up to be the loser, alcoholic at the age of 3, 4, 5, 6, feeding his son alcohol, 16 years old standing up in the club smoking marijuana. 17 years old, out on the water, drinking all day long, Hangover the next day, get up and drink again, get rid of your hangover, son. You don't know the story. It'll take the rest of my life to testify of all the things that I went through, being, being taught the wrong thing, on my way to be a gangster, set up, You don't know the story this morning, but the story that I have to tell this morning is a story about the Lord. How that one day he raised me from a dead level, and he saved me. And not only did he save me once, but he saved me twice. He saved me three times, and he saved me again. And if I need to be saved again tomorrow, he'll do it all over again for you. I'm talking about somebody that walked the seven seas, gave sight to the blind, healed the sick, raised the dead. I'm talking about Jehovah Shammah. am talking about our banner this morning, Jehovah Nisi. I'm talking about the Lord of Lords, the King of kings. I'm talking about the great I Am, hallelujah. I'm talking about the one that stood and spoke to the stars and told, amen, the sun not to shine until evening. I'm talking about the one that that knows all about me. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the one that is able to shatter strongholds this morning. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the one, amen, that can deal with the spiritual weakness of a man's life. I'm talking about the one that holds victory in his hand this morning. Oh, I'm glad about it. I'm so glad, hallelujah, that I know him. I'm so glad that I have a relationship. I'm so glad that when the enemy coming like a flood. Hallelujah. The spirit of the Lord raised a standard. Hallelujah. I want you to know this morning, family and friends, that all you got to do is trust in him this morning. Hallelujah. Yes, my friend, Jehovah Nisi is the battle this morning. You need to know Jehovah Rohai if you need a shepherd today. If you need a healer today, you need to call on Jehovah Rapha. Hallelujah. For he is the Lord of hosts, Jehovah Sabaoth. Hallelujah. Maybe you need peace this morning. Call upon Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is there right now. Jehovah Shammah. Hallelujah. He our righteousness, God, Jehovah Takedesh. Hallelujah. You need to know that he is the most high. He's the Lord, strong and mighty. He's our Redeemer this morning, hallelujah. The Bible says that he's our kinsman, Redeemer. We are kin to the Lord, hallelujah. God is a man of war this morning. He's a mediator, hallelujah. He's a mediator of a better covenant, hallelujah. He's the mediator of a new covenant, He's your Messiah this morning, mighty God. Hallelujah. He's the mighty one, strong and valley. He's the mighty one of Israel. He's the most high. He's the highest than any man could think, and he's the most holy than all. Hallelujah. He's your fortress this morning. He's my help. Hallelujah. He's my helper. He's my high tower. He's my hope. Hallelujah, my Lord, my God, he's my strength and my prayer. Hallelujah, he's my rock of refuse. He's my salvation, my shield, my soul in the midnight hour. He's my support. He's our great God, our Passover, our peace this morning, our coming lamb, Priest forever, according to his word in Hebrews 5. 5 and 6 says he's priest forever. He's prince of life. Hallelujah. He's prince of peace. He's a redeemer. He's a refiner and a purifier. Let him purify and refine you this morning. Refuge from the storm, resting in place. Hallelujah. He's a restorer and a rewarder. And what I love about it this morning, he's my rock. And he's that rock that's higher than me. Oh, thank you, Father. He's the rod of our strength this morning. He's ruler. He's ruler over the kings of the earth. Hallelujah. He's our sanctuary this morning. He's the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. Hallelujah. You may be in a weary place, glory to God. Hallelujah. But he's the shadow of a great rock. Hallelujah. He's our shepherd this morning,
3: the shepherd of Israel, the shelter of his people. Hallelujah. He's our shield. He's the shield of your help.
8: My God, hallelujah, he's shalom this morning, he's the peacemaker, hallelujah, hallelujah, he's the son of God, son of the highest, son of the most high God, spirit of justice, strength of my life, strength of, he's strength to the needed, he's a strong Lord, he's a strong tower, stronghold, sun and shield, and he is a sure foundation. Family and friends, this morning, I come standing on the sure foundation. Hallelujah. Oh, he's never lost a case. And he know all about my weakness this morning. He know all about my fret, my fears. He know all about me. And we come to him. Hallelujah. We come boldly to the throne of grace this morning. Hallelujah. Because we know that you have the sword of excellence. And, Father, Lord, you said, taste and see that you're good. Hallelujah. Lord, we come to the spiritual rock for our eternal life because we know that you're the apple and the omega, the beginning and the end, the root and the all springs of David. Hallelujah. You're the way and there ain't no way, the truth and the life. Hallelujah. Oh, bless his name this morning. You're tried and true. You're that true stone. Hallelujah. You're the true bread of heaven this morning, true life, tower of salvation. You're a true God. Hallelujah. And what I love about you is that you're understanding God. You understand us of all. Hallelujah. And you're the upholder of all things. You are divine this morning, and you are wonderful. Hallelujah.
7: Wonderful. God is, oh, he's so wonderful. And I know that he's wonderful. The God that I serve, the God that I serve is so wonderful. Today, he was my shepherd. And I know that he will be my guide. And he told me whatever I need, hey, I know he will provide. And that's why I praise this holy, holy, holy name. He's wonderful.
8: I praise him for that song. That was my mother's favorite song. And I'm telling you, that song had power, and my mother sung it one morning. She had a bottle of olive oil in her hand I said a bottle I didn't say a plastic container She had a bottle of olive oil And my mother That olive oil That ball was shattered That was some type of anointing there when she said, my God, I know that he's what." When she said, wonderful, the God that I serve, the God that I serve. And if she hit that note, it's so wonderful. When she went there, that's how you say. And i never forget that. I was a little boy about five years old, and I was sitting on the couch, and mom was walking the floor praising the Lord. And that was, that thing broke. So I am thinking this morning for worship. Amen. We need to get into worship daily. Hallelujah. We need to praise him and tell him who he is to us this morning. You know, the Lord, he loves us, but he wants to be loved on too. He wants to be told who he is to you. Hallelujah. We need to know who he is this morning. He's a mighty good God. Let me put on the other Phone so that Shama could Get the word this morning hallelujah It is raining right now Big time In Houston Texas But I'm glad That I'm on the Lord's side so I don't have To worry about it Don't have to worry We want to go Look at the word this morning won't be Before you long the word Over in first Peter First Peter
3: The uh Let me put this in here for Shama. Well my baby. Good morning, Oh man, We wanna look at the word real quick this morning.
8: We uh uh been over in the first Peter. We praise and thank uh the Lord for our producer, Robin Lee. And remember, you all that are listening and trying to find a way in here, you can come in to 319-527-9020. Your access code will be 113419. Access code 113419, and we'll be glad to have you at Family First Production. So you all come in, give us your prayer requests, Uh, Tell us what the Lord is doing in your home today on the behalf of our program. We'll be glad to have you. And if there's any speakers out there or any singers out there that would love to uh, uh, get your your program on there, uh, get produced no matter where you're at, if you're in Switzerland, if you're in England, in the U.K., and you have a program, a ministry, uh, a church, or whatever you have, We would love for you to get in touch with our producer at Robin Lynn Production. Robin Lynn Production. She'll come and spell it out to you. Uh, I don't want to get it right because she's going to shut me down and she's going to straighten it up. So we'll let her come and uh, uh, bring that information if she's on the line uh, to you. So Robin Lynn, if you're there, please uh, let them know where they can uh, uh, touch you uh, in your email
3: or on Facebook and uh let you know the program that they have that they want to get aired. You can get her at Robin Lynn
6: Robin
8: Lynn Production or you can get her at Robin Lynn Maven at gmail.com. Robin Lynn Mabin M A M A B I N at Gmail dot com and let her know what you have so that we can have you here live with us on the program, giving your testimony, uh, letting your ministry. If you have a live video, please send us your live video. Get in touch with Robin Lynn, and we'll go from there. Hallelujah. Amen. We want to go over into the book of uh, 1 Peter, the fourth chapter. Yesterday we were talking about suffering uh, for right and for wrong. And we ended that, and we ended that talking about uh, who, uh, 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 that the Lord himself, he suffered. In the 18th verse of the, uh, uh, 1 Peter 3, 1 Peter 3, 18, it said, For Christ also suffered once for sin, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to Yah, to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom he also went and preached to the Spirit and prison, who formerly were disobedient, but once the divine long-suffering wait in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight souls, were saved to water. There is also an antitype which now saves us. Baptism, not the removal of filth of flesh, but through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into the heaven, he is at the right hand of God. And angels and authority and power have been made subject to him. Everything has been made subject to the Father. Jesus, and we see that the Lord was talking about
3: these different
8: souls, and the only soul that was saved was Noah, his sons, and his daughter-in-law, and I want you to just reflect on that. We're not going to get into that today. We did it yesterday, but I do want you to reflect on that. How could the whole world go wrong and only eight souls stepped on board we have need to take a look around us,
3: and we need to pray and ask the Lord, what is our assignment in our neighborhood? See, it is everywhere. Let's go with the fourth fourth chapter
8: uh, of First Peter. And if you have your Bibles, I, I kind of want you to mark some of the things that you hear me say, because you're going to be able to use this knowledge. You're going to be able to use this knowledge for yourself and for your family. You're going to be able to give somebody a scripture, somebody going through something to call you. Sometimes, you know, praying for them and praying for them. They need a word. They need something concrete, something that they can hold on to. You know, these words that I speak, that I read, that I get out of the book, you know, they pinned in my heart this morning. So when, when trials and tribulation come, and when my mind starts telling me things that I ought not listen to, I'm able to reflect reflect back to the Word, and the Word is
3: what's keeping us today. Amen? Right. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm.
8: The Word
3: is what's keeping us. And that
8: was your testimony, is that you... You decide that you better start doing some affirmation on yourself so that old spirit of anger won't come back. And I know, I know exactly if that spirit trying to jump on me and jump on a man, uh, uh, our peoples here at Family uh, uh, First Production, uh are jumping around everywhere. You know, I see it all in the marketplace. I see it everywhere I go, just anger. And there's no need for us to be angry because if I'm angry, I'm, God can't, He can't come in and speak to me and use me when I'm bowed up in anger. So I try and change, you know, I, I try and change my position constantly. You know, uh, I, I don't want to sit down and watch television all day long around the house. I don't want to lay in the bed all day long. I don't want to be in here doing all the chores all day long. So I do all of it. I go out there and I draw for my, for my flowers. I planted me a flower garden so that I can go out there and pull weeds. And while I'm pulling these weeds and stuff out the ground, I'm concentrating. And I'm just letting my mind be free from all of the things that, you know, been said. You know, some ugly things be said sometime about me. But I know that it's not me because I've already died. And had I, had I not died, I'd take it to your face and make you eat up them ugly things. But every time I get ready to, 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 to pin it and give it back, get ready to send that text or whatever, however, the Holy Spirit said, that is not godly. But I'm saying, Lord, why you don't convict them what it is and ain't godly? Can I just can I just send them just this one text? Can I just tell them the truth? No, don't tell them the truth. I'm like, Lord. And that's what he meant when he said suffering for the sake of the gospel. You're going to be on the Lord's side this morning, my friends that are listening. If you're going to be a part of what you hear and a part of what you believe, don't you believe that it's going to be a bed of roses every day. Your situation changes second by second. By, it's as sure as that clock tick, 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 tick. Your situation is changing, changing, changing. You're going to have to come to the finality. You're going to have to come to the end of yourself to know that nothing by any means shall hurt me. Luke ten nineteen. even in the book of First Peter 3, it tells us that all these things, they're going to talk about you. They're going to hurt your feelings, but they're not going to hurt your heart. It may even hurt your heart. But it's not going to stop you because you're with the king this morning reading uh, from the verse number one of First Peter 4. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, on yourself. We're talking about suffering again. We started in the book of James. Talking about suffering. We started three weeks ago. A month, we started a month and a couple of weeks ago. We started talking about suffering. Lord leading us back to suffering. When he brought that to me in the beginning, I said, Lord, have we not suffering? Before I could even, you know, say it as right, have we not suffering enough? And he didn't answer that. He led me to scripture. And he gave it to me. Now, I didn't realize that I was coming back again
3: to suffering. But he's saying the reason for the suffering.
8: Excuse me, I had a
3: mouthful of coffee. Well, wasn't no system. me trying to let all that good coffee
8: out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh. The reason for all of this suffering is to win them. Because the world is suffering. See, I've never seen uh, anyone. One thing about sin, when you're in sin, you're in bondage. When you're in bondage, you have to be carried. Sin has a way of carrying a person, the same way as the Spirit of God would carry you. They will protect you, but we can't allow the gates to the city, our eyes, our ears, and our nose and on and on, to be tricked. Those are the gates to our city, and we allow all type of things just because they said that don't mean that they're going to get away with it. The very one that said all those things about you is the very one going to come to you because they're going to say, well, she changed. They changed wonder what what happened. wonder what happened to them. What happened to him? What happened to her? Girl, you don't know them. They don't curse no more. They don't do this. They don't do that. When I was at, sitting around the, the table with all those clothes pins on, the worstest cursor in the place had been having his pin on for 30 minutes. And he said, I might as well just go on and lose this pen because I'm not going to let them win over me like that. Them son of a gun sitting here saying all. And so I was sitting there. I said, Well, you went 30 minutes, you can go 30 more. That man went for two hours with that pen. And I told him, I said, See, if you can go two hours with that person with just a pen on your shirt, maybe you need to wear a pen on
7: your lips. <laughs> I didn't tell him that. <laughs> So if, if you can go two hours
8: without saying a curse word, you've already overcome that, that spirit of, uh, of vulgarness. You've already overcome. And he looked at me. He said, you're right. And you didn't get much. You didn't, you didn't You heard a little cursing out of him, but you didn't hear a whole lot of cursing out of him. And, and I didn't tell everybody I was a preacher. It's just that that preacher that was backslidden, he knew I was a preacher. And he started quoting scriptures. So I told the man that bought me, that told me not to preach. I said, you need a and leave me alone. He said, he don't know who he's messing with. He said, get him. I said, no. I said, the brother knew I was a minister. You know them of your own kind. But the brother was hurting. See, now I'm out suffering with all the cigarette smoke going around my head. All this smell of alcohol coming out of their mouth as they talking. I'm sitting there suffering, wanting to move away. Well, I can't move away because the very one that the most high sent me that to deal with, you know, I told him. And what I told him, after I told him what the Holy Spirit was, was speaking to me, and I said, brother, I said, the Lord left the 99 and came after the one. He just started bawling and squalling. He cried. And he said, you don't know how bad I need this. He said, you don't know where I'm at today. He said, but you have been an answer to my prayer, suffering for his sake. You're going to have to suffer, sisters and brothers. Call in this morning. You all call in and get involved this morning in this word with us. Call in at
3: 319 Five two seven nine zero
8: two zero and hit that access code of one one three four one nine pound. We'll be glad to have you at our family first production. So you can come in this morning and give your testimony and talk about how the Lord has delivers you and save you from the things of this world. The word reads this morning in the fourth chapter of 1 Peter 4, 1 Peter the fourth chapter. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself also with the same mind. But he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. I want to stop and look at that. I want to do a little teaching right quick if I can.
3: Can I I do a little teaching this morning if I I may? Who has suffered in the flesh? Yes, ma'am. Thank you.
8: Thank you. Thank
1: you. I want you to uh, go on, but just be mindful and close out for the live listeners, you know, at 9 o'clock. Yes, ma'am. Can... But, so, Yeah. All right, sir. Have your way. i yes, I'm ma'am. enjoying this. Thank you.
8: I, I, I'm enjoying having you. Amen. It's always a pleasure and a pleasure to have the producers again. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. All of us has been uh, in a suffering arena. And, 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 and after a while, tomorrow we'll have a, a, a 1-800 number where we'll try and uh, uh, have a prayer line, a habit uh some kind of way where you all could come any kind. You know, we used to have a 24-hour round-the-clock live prayer line. Well, one individual would get up at 3 o'clock and man the line, and let him get up at 4 o'clock, man the line, let him get up at 5 o'clock, man the line, let him get up at 6 o'clock, man the line, let him was there at 7 o'clock, man the line, let him was there at 8 o'clock, man the line, Then all of them was there at 9 o'clock, man the line. And that's what we want because we know that we don't understand that this scripture right here, he said that the Lord had to suffer in the flesh. But he said that while we're suffering in the flesh, we just cease from sin. And what the scripture is saying right here is that how you know you cease from sin, because when you suffer at the hand of someone else, at words they have spoken, things they have done, let you go off your job, you're not still there in your melted way, melting away and angry and studying, just kicking against the prick. The Bible said that he reviled not. He, he didn't say nothing. He just went on through with his suffering. And then he said here in First Peter 4 that you need to arm yourself this morning. Well, how do I arm myself? I'm tired. Well, you better go back to Ephesians 6 and 10. Ephesians 6 and 10, it tells us what the armor is like. He says, put on the whole armor of God. I want you to put these two scriptures together, 1 Peter 4 and 1, and Ephesians 6 and 10. You put those two scriptures together and you go back and read them, and then you'll know how to arm yourself, family. And friends, you'll know how to arm yourself so you'll be able to stand against the wild of Satan. Because I want you to understand, and when you begin to read Ephesians, Ephesians gonna tell you exactly where your war at. And 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 James, James four, I think it's James four. Yes, it's James the fourth chapter. is gonna tell you also where your war and come from. So I need for you to uh, pin these scriptures down so that you can put them together. You can put Uh, uh, Ephesians 6 and 10 Right along with First Peter 4 and 1 And then you can use James When you come to the end of it You can run over James the 4th chapter And you can see where all this stuff is coming from So that we that are listening That can't overcome anger And everybody always messing with me I just gotta find me another church No don't go find another church Don't do that Because God has placed you in the body he placed you right where you're at, right there, so don't you leave there. You, you stay right there because he's going to get you to change in the midst of that chaos. So he says here that we cease from sin. You're not going to use your mouth and, and, and say all the things to get even. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to deal with it. I'm tired of being used and, 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 and stepped on. I'm tired of people, so I'm going to tell them what I think about it. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't get out of character this morning. Don't even waste your breath. He said, you just need to cease from sin. If you cease from sin, then you'll know that he has converted you. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of man. He wants you to stop suffering in your body this morning, hallelujah, and thinking that somebody's picking on you. The second uh, verse of First uh, uh, Peter 4 It said that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh. You're going to have to get up out of that flesh and let the spirit man take over so that all of our thoughts will be spiritually discerned. We'll have a higher apartheid over our thoughts. He said, well, he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of man, for the lust of man but for the will of God. Hallelujah. Thank you for this word, Father, this morning. Hallelujah. Hmm. What is the will of God? The will of God, according to the Ecclesiastes 3, said it is good that a man should
3: eat and drink and enjoy the fruit of his labor. Hallelujah. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime
8: and doing the will of the Gentiles and doing the will of a dogmatic lifestyle. The Gentiles were styled as dogs. He said, You've lived enough of your life acting like a dog, barking and caressing and scratching, fleezing and biting at your tail and running around
3: in circles. Yeah, You've lived enough of that. But we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will. Of the
8: Gentile. when we walk in all of this lust,
3: abandonment, adultery, in regard to these, they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dispensation. They think that something wrong with you because you don't want to get caught up in that theory. You don't want to get caught up in that poly and that pedophilia
8: and all the sin and the corruption of man's mind that leads us to
3: destruction and evil thinking. They think you'd be strange because you won't run with them. Speaking evil of you, there they go. Sha, she ain't nothing but a witch. he just a nut. He's a demon himself.
8: We gonna pray for him. Yeah, child, y'all better pray for him. And don't even have a prayer. See, that's what the word is talking about this morning. When they can't see the good in you, hallelujah, the song say, he saw the best in me. If everyone else around keep bringing in my past, they don't see you as who you are today. They don't see you as someone that's been redeemed and been set aside and been delivered. They can't see that this morning. The only thing they can see is themselves. I'm glad I'm not like that. The Bible said a publican was praying one day and he stood there leaning against the pillars of the church and the poor little sinner was on his knees said, Lord, have mercy. And the publican said, I'm glad I'm not like that sinner. The sinner humbled himself, went down on his face before the Lord. The publican smoothed upon his breast and said, I'm glad I'm not like that. That was pinned in your Bible so that we can learn that we're no greater than no one else. He said, if you think you fall, if you think you're standing this morning, at least you should fall so you don't go to hell. This type of lifestyle will cause one to miss the promise of God and wind up in hell with Satan and all of his demons because hell was not prepared for us. It was prepared only for the purpose of Satan and his demons. But we see that his demons had children. We're not going to get into that. That's a whole another. That's a whole another segment there. We'll deal with that one day. But we're talking about this morning. We have spot in the third verse of First uh, First Peter four. Where we have spot enough of our past lifetime, and doing the world of the Gentiles, when we walk in lawlessness, lust, abandonment,
3: adultery. In regard to these, they the same they
8: think it's strange
3: that you
8: don't run with them at the same flood of their stupidity. Speaking evil of you, they will give an account to him. They're gonna to have to account to God. You don't have to fight your battle. The word
3: says in the first verse right here that they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living the dead.
8: For this reason, if we go back again,
3: when he went and appreciated the melancholy
8: we just read that in 1 Peter 3 and uh, uh, 3 and 18,
3: so he says again here, for this reason, the gospel was preached, verse Peter
8: 4, 6. Also to those who were dead, that they might be judged according to man in the flesh, but living according to God in the spirit. But here we go, here in the 7, and we're coming, coming on down. 7 verse of First Peter 4. Serving God, serving for God's glory. But the end of all things is at hand. This is what he wants us to do. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayer. Watchful in your prayer. He didn't say that. That's why I tell y'all, sometimes you spend too much time down on your knees. Just pray some time when you're walking, when you're driving, when you just pray and say, Lord, I thank you. Oh, God, I thank you. Lord, I, th- I find myself in my sleep saying, Lord, I thank you. My, my spirit man, be praising the Lord, be singing songs like, good, good father, hallelujah, good father. That's what my spirit man was singing to me night before last and last night. Good father. He's a good, good father, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayer. And above all things, have favorite love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of Uh sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling, as each one has received a gift. Minister to one another as good steward of the manifold grace of God. Father, we repent this morning. We've been mumbling, grumbling, and we have not loved one another like we should. So we ask you to forgive us this morning. We repent, God, that we've gotten so far out on the limb that we've forgotten that we need to gird up our lungs and we need to be thankful this morning. For you have given us what some are searching for, searching for this love. They're searching for the emptiness to be filled. They're in rage and they're in trouble. Lord, we pray for them as well as we do ourselves. We ask you this morning, Father, if you would deliver us from so great an act of sin Heavenly Father, we come to you now. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahshua HaMashiach, I ask you to wash our minds with the blood of Jesus. Cleanse out all darkness and all thoughts that are contrary to the will and destiny for our lives. We ask the Lord Jesus to shut any doors that need to be shut, whether spiritual or natural, and to open any doors that need to be opened, whether spiritual or natural, in our lives and in the lives of our family and friends. Heavenly Father, we ask you to give us, give every person, hallelujah, that we pray for today, clarity of vision, clarity of sight. Clarity of thoughts and clarity of mind. Clarity of knowing and hearing your voice according to your word in John 16 and 23. Heavenly Father, we come to you now in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we ask that you shut any doors that need to be shut in our lives and open any doors that need to be opened in our life this morning. Heavenly Father, we ply the blood of Jesus over those doorways and ask that the enemy be rendered really powerless and harmless, so that he cannot come back through those doorways ever again. And our homes and our children's, oh Father, and our finances, our ministry, our spouse, and spouse workplace, our children, schools, and anywhere that we should tread, Father Lord. We pray thanksgiving this morning. Hallelujah. And to God be the glory. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. This word is right this morning. We all want to be grumbling and backbiting and, and hating on anyone. Come on, come on. Play.
7: It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here I am with the girls, baby doll in the UK. Give me it's the tribe, let me see your hands sway. Sway to the left now, take it right back, Feel the track. Cause it's back, just a little laid back, not frantic. So it's time to unwind, reminiscent in my mind to come better time to The chaos is yeah. taking me over and out of the way I know I should have been. All day, every day, so no okay. living by
6: the promise. This session is no longer being recorded. No,
7: that's just real. Now we're taking back this become a little jaded. Joy got faded, holding to the one who made it, giving accolades and praises. I'll just keep bouncing back always. I'm living yeah, in the joy yeah, day, First, two baby, doing the frame. Funky mind, kicking fine, getting seen for yeah the yeah. time. Ripping up illusion, having fun, not confusion. I'm pressing your expression, not my safe. On am rich, right right. let energy play. As we give up yeah the fight. Yeah. you know it's become. It's one of those days. Let the breeze, yes. let the freeze, let your foot in See your moves expressed, cause the father yeah has a yeah. yeah. Let the truth move on, joy without measure. to your pleasure, merging yeah. the heart without breaking apart. Honored to witness, that's what it's yeah. about, and rise. Right. Can you see the attraction? Feel satisfaction. It comes with some action. Give them the choice. Will you cut through the pain? And start living in the joy day. Take my hand. follow me, Let me <laughs> Black Take my hand. People oh. struggle and this way, everything will be alright. Living in the joy day Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. To right. uh. yeah, and it's all good.
3: Hallelujah. Amen. I give him glory this morning.
8: Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. I am so, it just makes it go so much better when uh, uh, when the producer is, is here. Uh, but like I say, amen, when you're a producer, you got more than one obligation. So you just been spread it out. So we just have to pray, amen, for her as she go about doing what the Lord has laid upon her to do amen we here at a a family first production we uh uh, we love the ministry here and we love the peoples of god and we just want to just let you all know that uh, we're here on your behalf and we do want you to call in at that number 319-527-9020 um and the access code is 113419, 113419. And we'll be glad to have you come on the air and uh, 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 speak with us, pray with us, uh, give us your testimonies, your prayer request. Hallelujah. Sister Freddie, you all, do you all want me to go on with the word or save it for tomorrow? Because it's a good word, I tell you.
3: It is a good
8: one. Yes. Serving for God's glory.
1: I myself I uh can wait until tomorrow because I've got some much work to do.
8: I really I really can't even hear you, my sister.
1: No, you're lying. Can lie. you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I'm, me now?
8: I'm trying to see if it's on my end.
1: Can you hear me now? Check. Microphone
3: check. I guess on my end, I guess. uh, I guess it's. Hello? Well,
8: anyhow, Anyhow, I'll just go with this other verse of scripture here that uh, we had stopped at, and then we'll stop there and we'll save the rest of it for tomorrow because it's certainly a good word this morning. Uh, when we talk about suffering, because, you know, no one likes to suffer, but it's a different type of suffering when we go to talking about suffering for the sake of righteousness. If you're going to be anywhere around the throne of the Lord, if you're going to be able to access the throne of God, it's going to cause you some suffering. So right here in verse 7 uh, it said, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have favorite love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sin. So we're going to stop right there. And I want you all to take, amen, because we have quite a few verses. We have 19 verses to this first Peter 4. But you all could go and look over it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to look it over and uh, can get an understanding of the reason for suffering. It's not that it's for you to suffer. It's just that people don't understand. People do not understand. And when they don't understand they bring about suffering on you because they begin to talk about you and say, you know, you're not right, you're not this, and you're not that. You don't know what you're talking about. Child, I wouldn't listen to him. I wouldn't listen to them. I wouldn't listen, you know, and it's only because they don't know. you know. Well, they ought to know they've been in church for the last. They growed up. It don't mean nothing growing up in church because guess what? You may have been playing church. They may have been playing church. So we prayed and thanking this morning. Father, we thank you this morning as we come to a close here On our program, we ask you, Lord, if you would move by your spirit again in the closing of the service this morning, if you would touch each and every individual in the sound of my voice, give them clarity and the direction that you've chosen for them to go in, Father. Oh, God, we ask you for your divine favor, your divine protection. We ask you for strength this morning. We ask you for your love. Let that light shine from heaven this morning upon your people, Father. And, Lord, we want to give you the glory in in advance. We want to praise and thank you right now. But we give you all praise and glory for what our ears have heard, our eyes have seen. Until we meet again, may the grace of our Father, Yahshua Hamashiach, let rest and abide with each and every one of us henceforth and forevermore. And let the body say, Amen. Selah, bless you. We'll catch you again in the morning right here. Right here. We'll be doing the same thing. Peace and blessings.
3: 18 plus.